0: Time looking forward now. It's actually really exciting. We've got the Generations uh, series coming up, and uh, we're starting off with a with a week that uh, kind of intros the whole Generations series. So we'll talk about that a little bit. So we've got Brian worship leading at ten a.m. I think Chris
1: is going to be speaking. Um, yeah, man, I'm really pumped about it. So yeah. I've done a little bit of preparation uh, for this event because you know we added this on. Um, I think if we organize around this one line. Uh, expect the unexpected <laughs> and then I got this costume that i have been like prepping for ages because it's jungle theme right so this Sunday I think will be such a great impact on the congregation Wait
0: is it this Sunday? Yeah this Sunday, this Sunday. We're starting this
1: Sunday Yeah But
0: this Sunday we're in Japan <gasps> Wait <You were? laughs> Wait this Sunday, this Sunday? Okay. Wait. When, Wait When did you confirm that you were speaking this Sunday?
1: Okay so I knew there was a reason why we left out this week and we left it blank. It's cause we're in Japan. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay.
1: So really, we're gonna expect the unexpected. All right. Um, okay, so maybe what we'll do is, uh, okay, I still got a little bit of time, so we'll work out something. Um, maybe I'll tap, maybe I'll tap your husband.
2: Does he
1: know? He will (laughs) soon. Okay, don't worry, we'll solve
2: it, we'll solve it. We're good. Good morning, Church. So, that's kind of how it happened. And uh, and the the amount of notice that I got was probably about the same, right? And so, um, the uh, the theme today is expect the unexpected. I got a call from Chris and said, "Oh, hey, uh, I'm going to Japan," um, and so we we need we need to we need to sort out this we need to sort out this service and this sermon um, for uh, for both services. And so, along with that theme, there's some good news: is that and good news for not just you guys, good news for me, too, is that Chris and I will actually be tag teaming um, today's, uh, today's service. And so it's going to be a little bit different. We're going we're to ha- hear from Chris in a second, um, and then we're going to do some, some little activities along the way. So I will see you very shortly. But for now, if you could just welcome Chris, who's going to deliver part of our message today.
1: Hi, church. Hey, uh, many weeks ago when we were planning this service, we tried to craft a service that would, you know, be unexpectedly different from our regular Sunday. Um, Little did we know that uh, my bad planning and lack of communication would actually lead to me volunteering to speak uh, on a Sunday where my family and I are actually away on our family holiday. I guess it's probably the best introductory illustration of how sometimes our life doesn't go according to plan Uh, maybe through our choices from bad choices maybe through the choices of others maybe even through god's divine intervention or even attacks of the enemy sometimes the unexpected happens at some kind of level right we all know this I mean, we've literally come out of a global pandemic that no one, not even the brightest people in the world expected. Uh, In fact, it had consequences that nobody could have anticipated. Yet today's modern life gears us up with an expectation to get predictable results from predictable inputs. You know, like when I, when I go to McDonald's, I order a large Big Mac meal, right? And I predictably, like I know how much that's gonna cost. I, I know uh, when I get the meal, I have a good idea of what I'm gonna get. Salt, sugar, processed meat in a bag, right? I mean, and, w- and what happens though when it doesn't turn out the way we expect? Well, if my Big Mac meal doesn't come like I planned, well, we are conditioned to complain the product or the service wasn't what we were expecting. You know, Australia actually has great consumer protection laws, so so when things don't go according to plan or as promised, we actually can hold companies accountable. Uh, I mean, I remember a few years ago, I bought um, a headphone set, a really nice pair of headphones, right? And it had a two-year warranty, which, by the way, all Australian products have this, electronic products have this two-year warranty. It was pretty expensive, and I used it all the time. But on the last month, of the warranty, I think it was the last week of the warranty, um, the headphones died. Well, it was like crackling a bit, right? I couldn't hear things. Uh, and no, I didn't sabotage it, it just, it just happened. Anyway, I brought it back to JB Hi-Fi and because it was within the two year warranty, they actually allowed me to get brand new headphones. And they didn't have the old model available, they gave me the new model uh, of these headphones that are foldable and had a lot of extra features in it. Uh, And they extended the warranty. Again, I'm like, whoa, this is great. This is great customer service. Exactly what I would expect for something that I paid a lot of money for. Unfortunately, this kind of thinking can bleed into our Christian life. I think in many ways, today's regular church, you know, and in some ways, even FGA, right? Our regular church almost sets us up to expect the same thing. You come on a Sunday and you broadly know uh, what to expect. It starts at a set time, it finishes roughly at a set time. There's worship, announcements, sermon, right? There's kids ministry, there's youth ministry. You know the speaker, maybe you like the pastor, right? You have a favorite place that you sit. Um, It's rare that your Sunday afternoon or evening plans or even the next week will change dramatically as a result of something that happened in a Sunday service. And that's not just Sunday service, right? It can bleed into the Christian value proposition even, or the Christian equation, if you will. I give God a lot, I sow in my loyalty, my time, resources, and God, you should give me the things that I expect. After all, that's why we like sending our kids to Sunday school, church activities, Christian schools, these kind of things. We do this for a lot of life. We chase education, career, sports, whatever, right, to get the outcome that we would expect from it. And I'm not against making good choices. So many of these choices are wise choices. It is a wise choice for you to be here at FGA in service today. It's a wise choice for you to study for your exam and then to get a good result. But I understand that we can actually start out life thinking that everything then will go according to plan. We have kids in our Christian home, right? Christian home, and we would expect that they would grow up to be a Christian. Or maybe we marry a godly spouse. And so then we expect that our marriage will go well, especially if they're Christian, right? At least it will last the whole of my life. Or we think I will get along with my mother-in-law. You know why she's a godly woman. Or, I've worked hard and I've studied hard, so I should be able to keep my job. But what happens when things don't turn out how we expect them to be? I mean, even if the wise choice produces 90% of the time a good outcome, right? Because it's a wise choice, so 90% of the time it goes well. There's still the 10%. Right, And then you multiply many times over this 10%, you multiply it over various decisions, many decisions in our life, maybe a 100,000 times over your lifetime. And that means that there are gonna be parts of your life that don't go as expected. Which is fine, except that when we take on what I'm gonna call a cruise mentality, a cruise mentality to Christian life, then We react to pitfalls and changes and dangers and unexpected turns by complaining to the captain. We go, hey, this is not the cruise that I signed up for. I call it a cruise mentality because, you know, in a cruise, right, in a cruise everything is done for you. Your your job is just to pay the money and then attend and all the food, entertainment, safe journey, whatever is all looked after. But if you have a cruise mentality, then you get stumbled when things go wrong in life. Church people, maybe they were not as friendly as you expected. The pastor wasn't as organized as you thought. Uh, You know, I've seen this happen so often. God gets the blame. He gets the blame for not giving you the life that He supposedly promised you, the one that you expected. That's why you came on this cruise. Let's look at today's passage. Uh, It's in Acts 27, verse 9 to 12. And uh, it's up there, but you know, um, I'll read it to you. Let's set the scene. You know, there's a ship um, and we're sailing. So it's like a sailing cruise story. Paul is on his missionary journeys and we're almost at the end of his missionary journeys. The book of Acts actually begins with Christianity starting out in Jerusalem and then it goes out Judea, Samaria and heads out, right? Interestingly, Acts ends with the gospel reaching Rome. And as you know, all roads lead to Rome, right? And so indeed it was like this, because Rome also had developed the world's largest road system at the time. And so the gospel goes from Jerusalem and it hits Rome at the end of Acts. And from there, the gospel traveled out to the ends of the earth and Rome became the center of Christianity. But let's read this as they head towards Rome. Since much time had passed and the voyage was now dangerous, because even the fast was already over, Paul advised them, these people in the boat, saying, says, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only of cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. It's like, hey, might be a dangerous trip. But the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. And because The harbor was not suitable to spend winter in. the majority decided to put out to sea from there on the chance that somehow they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, facing both southwest and northwest and spend the winter there. So Paul goes on this journey, he says it will be dangerous, but the system of the day, the pilot, the owner, the majority, whatever it is, they decided, no, 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 we've sailed before, Uh, pay attention to us, we're just gonna go ahead. And anyway, this trip doesn't go according to plan. In Acts 27, 9 to um, uh, 12, it goes now. Oh, sorry, that was uh, 9 to 12, and now we uh, read on to 13 to 20. Now, when the south wind blew gently, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, they weighed anchor and sailed along to Crete, close to the shore. But soon, a tempestuous wind called the Northeaster struck down from the land. And when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along, running under the lee of a small island called Corda. We managed with difficulty to secure the ship's boat. After hoisting it up, they used supports to undergird the ship, then fearing that they would run aground on the uh, side they lowered the gear and thus they were driven along. Since we were violently storm-tossed, they began the next day to jettison cargo, throwing away things, right? And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. Okay, let's go. Overboard with their own hands when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest lay on us. All hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. So many things happen here. You should read this passage. There's heavy storms. They don't know how long they're going to be at sea for, so they're not eating their food, right? They think they're going to die. Paul kind of reassures them. They get shipwrecked on a reef, um, and they actually want to kill all the passengers, including Paul, right? Because they don't know what to do with the prisoners that are on the boat. Anyway, it turns out it's the island of Malta that they land on. And Paul, when they get out of this, um, onto the island, Paul gets bitten by a poisonous animal. And there's a miracle because he doesn't die from the poison. In fact, he also does many miracle healings on the island, meaning with the chief there and his father and various people. And uh, the people in Malta, they witness this miracle and Malta gets evangelized. It turns out Malta stays Christian even all the way until today, where I just Googled their Christian population, 90% of their population believes in Jesus Christ. Right? Um, So anyway, these islanders, they helped with the supplies for the ship and they actually help uh, Paul make it to Rome where the gospel goes forward. What a crazy story. Now, in the end, the gospel goes out, it's good, but was it a cruise? I don't think so. I think if you read the book of Acts, even the whole Bible, or if you study the early church, you'll find that the Christian journey our missionary journey is actually more like a jungle cruise <laughs> that's right and now it's actually that the captain would be more like that of a jungle cruise skipper like this anyway Jungle Cruise Skipper, right? Before this job, I worked in an orange factory. That's right, an orange juice factory. But I got canned, couldn't concentrate. They put the squeeze on me. It's now about That's a Jungle Cruise joke, by the way. Uh, It's now about navigating the dangers and the pitfalls of the jungle. We're dealing with the unexpected. We have to be alert, Uh, we have to be ready for anything so that the mission can go forward, so that you can finish the race. You can get to the final destination and complete the journey. Right now, we're gonna do something that we don't usually do in a Sunday service. We're gonna break out into groups and have a discussion for 15 minutes. You're gonna have to get out of your comfort zone uh, and and talk, maybe with someone you don't really know well. Let's aim for groups of four to five uh, people. Feel free to turn your chairs around and spend a little bit of time introducing yourself and getting to know one another. It's always gonna be good for our relational series, uh, you know, the generation series, right? But uh, when you break out into groups, it would be good actually to try to include somebody from a different generation uh, as well. Anyway, here are the questions uh, you will be uh, asking, and we're gonna put it up on the screen later. But when you're in a group, I want you to ask, uh, talk about what are some of the standard expectations that you have in life? Go around and try to have a good discussion about, hey, what are you um, you expecting? You're expecting your marriage to work out, or you know, I don't want to give you too many ideas. You can come up with what your expectations are of life, or even of church, or of Christianity, whatever that is. Then, after everybody's had a go, ask um, talk about what would your current, very honest reaction be if that reac- if that expectation was not met. Uh, share within the group, Uh, can I just advise you to keep your uh, talking relatively short so that everybody in your group has a turn. Right now, I'll hand over to JP who will facilitate this section. See you. All
2: right. Awesome. Okay, cool. So we're going to do this quite quickly. So we're gonna to have to move around a little. So as, uh, as Chris sort of said, if we can sort of either turn your chairs or turn around, get into groups of four or five, grab some people that are from a different generation to you because it's always great to uh, listen to some different perspectives. So let's try and do that in the next 10 to 15 seconds. Yeah. And when you are in your groups, um, can you nominate one person to be the Slido? So there's a QR code. All right, let's get We're getting the groups. Cool, cool, cool. I think we're most people in groups. Okay. Just uh, if we can, if we can just turn our attention to the screen for one second. Um, once you're in your groups, I just need ten seconds. Before we can start talking again Shh. Shh. it's amazing like I learned that from uh, from from kids ministry um, uh, so one person in your group uh, use that QR code to get into the slido yep when you're in the slido um, What we're going to do first is we're going to just answer the first question, which is what are some of the standard expectations you have in life? And just capture them down really quickly, whatever comes to mind, because then what we're going to do is we're going to just see what everyone is kind of saying. It's anonymous, don't worry about it. Um, But it's just going to be interesting to see uh, how different groups respond to that question. So get the slide over from one person in your group and let's just in the next just few minutes answer what are some of the standard expectations you have in life. All right, go. Good to see some people getting into the Slido, that's great. this is great. How are we going? Okay, everyone entering some of these things. Okay, so we've got some really interesting responses so far. Uh, This is great. So we've got like some of the big ones here. Everyone's worried about health. Everyone wants to be healthy. Everyone wants to go through life smooth sailing. Sounds a little bit like being on a cruise, yeah? Um, A++, that's an interesting one. Uh, What's, oh we got, well someone was honest, rich and famous. Wise children. I like this one, salvation for the family. Whoever wrote the Chinese can put your hand up and uh, and translate for us. Um, things to turn out well, starting a cool uh, uh, um, a good family, growing my career, work stability. We're pretty aligned. I uh, we we wanted to do this cuz we wanted to see sort of how how diverse the responses um how how diverse the responses would be. Um, let's see: growing career, retirement, success, to have food to eat. Well, if you attend this church, you definitely don't need to worry about that. Hard work, uh, work hard to get good grades. All right. So I think I think we're pretty. I think that was sort of as expected. I think uh, a lot of those responses were kind of as expected. Um, what we're gonna do for the next few minutes now is to reflect on those responses, what you expect in your life, and to answer the second question. So I don't know, Nick, are we able to use the slider or no for the second, we can't, okay. So this is just a conversation amongst, um, uh, amongst your group. What would your current honest reaction be if that expectation was not met? If that didn't happen in your life, right? If you weren't able to achieve that uh, health, you know, um, good family, um, job, financial, all, the, all of those things, if you couldn't achieve that or that didn't happen for you, what would your honest reaction be? Just have a, few, uh, have a, have a conversation for a few minutes. Um, and actually, I might just pop around quickly and, uh, and we might get some responses as we go. But I'll give you guys a few minutes. Talk among yourselves and talk about that. What, what would your honest reaction be if, they, if that didn't happen for you? Hopefully the discussion's going well. Really try to dig into, you know, below the surface. You know, how would you feel? What would your reaction be? What would you do about it? Who would you turn to? Um, And also like, you know, what, what impact would it have on your faith? So I'm just going to come around and... Let's see. Okay, okay, okay. Hello. I'm going to come into this group because I'm related to some of these people. But I'll, I'll, I'll pick on Martin here. Um, Martin, can you tell us a little bit about what some of your group discussed?
0: Yeah, so we discussed, just be
2: with me. Okay. Sorry guys, I'm just gonna, we're just going to hear from a few different groups. Um, and so, shh. I know it's great, we, we, we do love, there will be more time. Martin uh can you tell us a little bit about what your group discussed and um in terms of expectations and then uh what if they weren't met? So
0: the expectation is pretty much uh well similar like comfortable life, healthy and you know a good marriage and obedient children so
2: <laughs> well i I don't know how well i did this is my this is my dad and my mum <laughs> <Sorry. laughs>
0: so uh, what if that is not met, uh, the expectation is not met? So you know, we, we say like we keep faith in God that, you know, God will help to you know, uh, uh, help us, you know, just have faith in God. Like uh, before the, the, the song, like God, can, you know, mountain can be moving. Yeah. So yeah. have a positive attitude.
2: Yeah. Awesome, that's great. Thank you, Martin. Uh, let's see. Hello. <laughs> what did your group discuss? Uh, uh, we are discussing that uh, our children, we have children, but not everybody attending church. and Some of them have walked away. So that is what we first think of. Then secondly is that we pray for
0: them, keep praying for them, hoping that they will come to church one of these days and hope that they will meet the right person, that... Uh, They bring them along to Christ again. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Some of the people in the group had expectations for um, a successful career, um, a house and all that. I think we shared that the current reaction, sometimes you might be a bit jealous of other people who have potentially obtained what you can attain uh, and so yeah
2: that's great look uh, that's that's really good to like you know just dig below the surface because i think we all have those sorts of reactions and they're not always good reactions right um but they're real um let's see i'll come over to this side hello <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hello. Um, we talked about um, like similar kind of themes. So a successful job, career, uh, partners, happy wife, happy life kind of thing. And I think some of the expectations as we we're going around, we kind of shared about, I think we had some like the Christian answer. So we talked about, oh, we can, uh, we can be challenged and we can lead into God. We can pray um, and seek guidance from him. And, and I really liked what Pastor Kit said. So he was saying that he personally felt what would have felt that it would have sucked, kind of that, you know, he would actually really question God and even potentially get to a point where he might even blame God. And that's quite sobering because the thought of that, I think, really reflects kind of the relationship that we have with God and whether we truly trust his ways over our own way. And I think it's quite important to know that um, God is... Uh, the ruler and sovereign over our lives. Even though we may uh, have certain plans, it's important to know that God's ways are higher and greater than ours, even though we plan it out. So yeah, it's okay to uh, question and be in doubt because a lot of characters or people in the Bible and stories in the Bible had that same experience
2: that's great that's great that's really good because i think yeah i think you know even sometimes we don't want to admit it um that uh we do have these questions and we do question our faith we do think god you know why why has this happened um to me so let me come all the way to the back here hello (laughs) 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 hi (laughs)
0: Um, Our group spoke about like expectations of like health and being able to provide for your family Um, and I think the first reactions we would have was um, sadness or anger or questioning God. Um, Yeah, Those are in short.
2: All very, very, um, you know, natural, um, you know, feelings and I think if we reflect, I think we've all been in those situations before where, you know, we sometimes, you know, blame God, but, some, but it, even worse sometimes, we don't even think about God, right? Um, everyone's pointing, everyone's pointing. <laughs> Here we go, Cindy. This is it's actually, this is what you want to do more of.
0: You're not supposed to say that. (laughs) Um, I think we've got a good mix of ages in our group. I think um, we all want to have a long life. Uh, We want to have good spouse, good children. Um, That's the standard expectation. But what if things uh, the unexpected happen? Um, Some will be sad. Some will be unhappy. Some would be lost. but because we personally, as a family, have actually gone through the unexpected. So I think for us, it would be that trust. It's like nothing fazes anymore because we've actually gone through it and God has been faithful to us. So we're just going to ride it through with him again.
2: That's awesome. Look, I, I, I think that they've been really, really great responses. And I think like very real responses um, that we that we go through when we when we face these troubled times when we literally you know kind of go through the jungle and so um thank you everyone i know that it it's never, it's never enough um, when you're, you know, when you start talking, and it's, it's really actually great that we're able to share part of our lives with each other, and to really, you know, come into this setting, you know, plug for home groups because this is what home group is like, you know, every week um, when, when, when you meet, you get to do life together, you get to go through the jungle together, um, and so. We are now going to just turn our attention back on to uh, Chris is going to deliver the next part of the sermon. So if you can, turn your chairs around. Um, I'll give you a minute or two for that. And then we're going to continue the message.
1: Uh, turn with me to James 4 thirteen to fifteen It says, "Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and we will spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. instead, you ought to say,If the Lord wills, we will live." and then do this or that. Here, James the brother of Jesus says, don't live your life by remote control, right? Don't have such concrete plans that you just end up doing whatever it takes to produce the results that you you imagined in your mind. Today, tomorrow, I will have two children and one will be a doctor and the other will be an accountant. Don't do that. Instead, continually ask, what is the Lord's will for me and what needs to change? We've actually been slowly adjusting the church post-pandemic to build greater and greater resilience. We're trying to build chaos into our Sunday routine. I actually don't think that highly predictable, very smooth services or church ministries actually produce resilient Christians who are ready for the jungle. That's why we swap people out, we give new people a go, we have people on duty uh, or that are on stage that are perhaps learning. That's why we have kids in the service or we go over time for ministry and things like that. Let me tell you about the uh, US Navy SEALs, okay? They are like the best in the world, especially in terms of training. But they uh, they used to have these purpose-built facilities where computers would, would time their reaction time, give lots of statistics about, you know, how fast did you shoot the person, how fast did you run up the ladder or whatever it is, um, and they would do specific drills um, that they would repeat again and again and again so that they could master it, right? They would go through these scenarios and scenarios um, and they would improve their timing. But at the same time, these facilities uh, were top-notch, right? So they had good toilets, there was a gym. Uh, I couldn't, for some reason, the US Navy SEALs don't allow photos of their whole facility. I don't know why. But this was the only photo I could get, right? But you know, they, they have a gym for working out, the place was clean, modern, It turned out then that when real war conditions came up, real ones, especially in the desert in Afghanistan where uh, the militants that they were facing uh, were using unorthodox attack methods, there was terrible living conditions with heat, unsanitary, Um, beds and and, and accommodations, right? They found actually that this kind of specialized, nice clean training didn't help as much and a lot of soldiers were unprepared for the kind of warfare that they had to engage in. It turns out now, today, they don't even train like this anymore. Today's elite soldiers are actually, aren't heading into a building every Sunday to get trained in air conditioned rooms, running drills for predetermined scenarios. No, instead, The best in the world are now being thrown into the wild. They stay in rough conditions. They are taught to deal with unexpected scenarios and they learn to be resilient and adapt on the fly. We're actually like SEAL Team Six. You are training to be salt and light. We need to be Christians for every generation, I guess. We need Christians that can handle the complexities of today's modern life, the various uncertainties that it will inevitably bring. How will you handle your crisis? Your Christian faith needs to be ready. It has to have a strong, resilient faith with a very firm foundation. Oftentimes we think that God can only use us when we are perfect, uh, when, when things are in good, when a good state, right? when we're in calm waters. So then what we do is we turn down offers to be a leader or to do missions or to reach out to people and we say, ah, I'm not ready. Now is not the time. I'm waiting for things to calm down in my life. Actually, God needs us in the field. Our training is in the jungle. Our faith needs to be good and strong. But we, ourselves, don't have to be strong. That's why I love this verse, this Johns of Clay verse, right? It says, therefore we don't lose heart, though we're outwardly we're wasting away. Maybe we're getting older, whatever it is. Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us these struggles that we have they're achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen since what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal so we don't look at the circumstances that we have and we still press on over the course of the next month, we're going to be looking at the different generations. Each week, we'll zoom in on a specific generation, whether it's the Gen Xs or the Millennials or the upcoming Gen Zs, it's Gen Zs, right? Uh, we will uncover the obstacles that they encounter in their pursuit of faith and how they will navigate through. and um, We'll look at how they navigate through the wild jungle of their time, of their generation. From the pressures of technology to the shifting cultural landscapes, each generation faces its own exciting set of challenges. It'll be pretty cool actually, we'll have special activities, different items, Um, there'll be services run by each individual generation. So can I encourage you to invite your friends along for it and come along for yourself. Okay, let's end, right? God doesn't promise us that life will go as we expect it. In fact, he's not like a cruise salesman that promises us a smooth ride. But that doesn't mean that we can't have any expectations about God, that we can't trust God at all. In fact, what we do need, we can trust God, but we need to have the correct expectations of God, one that is consistent with scripture and his character. So what are some of these things? Well. Some of the biblical expectations of God, uh, let's move this. Some of the biblical expectations of God, right, are that He will have a personal relationship with you. He will be closer than a brother. You can expect God to save you. Ultimate eternal salvation, even. The one that really counts. You can expect God to give you the Holy Spirit. You can expect that Christ will return to rule and restore all things. And it's not just the big things. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we can expect God to be with us. And there are many more. It's actually not wrong to have expectations of God. In fact, faith, it says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. That means that there are things we need to hope for, things that we need to expect or place our faith or trust in. We just have to be careful because those things, these things, they're not the world's norm. It's not what we would normally expect, right? How many of you in the discussion said you live life and you expect God to be God or to, you know, it's not the normal things that we would rely on if we want it the world's way. As we end, I wanna challenge you to think about how you are building resiliency in your faith. I know it's something that we are thinking as a leadership team about how we build that in our church, but I wanna challenge you to think about that in your life and in your family. I actually think it can be pretty fun. I've come now to really like stretching and growing it's just like a muscle, right, that's, that, that's growing. So you, you, um, you invite people into your home. Maybe you volunteer for something out of your comfort zone. You talk to a different person after the service, or you reach out in your workplace, or in your school, or you go on a mission trip. Um, you know, it, it, it just takes a change in your mindset. Maybe you have a, disp- maybe consider having a disposition that you, maybe your kids, they won't automatically grow up to be a Christian. Like, I I know you like want them to be a Christian and we're hoping for that, but have a disposition that they won't automatically do that. So then you have to work on it or think maybe my marriage may not survive or thrive automatically just because I married a mature Christian. So then you have to train. You have to work through your issues. You have to encourage one another. You have to stretch your servant leadership. These types of things. I'll let you in on a secret people always ask me how do i survive pastoring an asian church for 20 years i've actually learned to find the fun in it i actually love pastoring this church and i think that you, when you um create for yourself ways to stretch and grow and build resiliency in your faith you can actually have the mindset of hey this can be something that i want to challenge myself with i want to grow and it can be kind of kind of fun. Uh, I've learned that it's better dealing with stretching and challenges when it's us, when you yourself are pursuing it intentionally, instead of it hitting you by surprise when you were expecting life to just be a cruise. Uh, James alludes to this when he says count it all joy my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness then have its full effect that you may be perfect complete and lacking in nothing. You see this is the way of developing resiliency and resilient faith. So now I'm going to pass over to uh, John Paul. Uh, I've known him for over 20 years. He's grown up in this church and he is now on our board. He's been faithfully serving and now overseeing our kids ministry. So over to you, JP. God bless.
2: Cool. Thanks, Chris. So we're we we're going to end the service um, very shortly. Um, but I suppose you know listening listening to that um, to that sermon and I think all the great discussion that we've had today. Uh, I think. You know, it's it it gives us a real pause for, you know, what's going on in our lives at the moment. What what is um, what is challenging us? What is, you know, what are the what's that jungle that we see out there that we're either right in the middle of or we're about to enter into? Um, I just wanted to share a little bit about uh, my story or our story in terms of our in terms of our family. Um, so. Um, because we we've, we've we've been through this like many families here, but our story uh you know really started about um, you know about sort of sixteen seventeen years ago um, when um, uh, when when we had when we had kids and so that question about well what what did you expect in your life um, we We expected everything that was written up there right everything that you guys said in terms of the uh you know we wanted a family we wanted um you know to see them uh, be healthy we wanted to see them grow up we wanted to have you know financial stability um all of the things that everyone has discussed um today and so you know as you do you 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 go into these um situations with a lot of hope with a lot of um, expectation of all the great things and all the positive things but along the way, you know, it doesn't always pan out, um, you know, that way. And so, uh, you know, both our, um, uh, you know, both our kids are a real testament to the to the um, to the work that God has done in our lives. We um, so uh, both both our children um, have have special needs, and um, and I remember, you know, if I cast my mind back to. The first time the, the day that um, that that we found out right um, I think it was you know there's build up to that day there's the there's the you know the tests the the um, the meetings with doctors the you know all of that build up and then you you're coming to you're coming to this point where you're gonna hear you know is there is there something potentially not quite right? And and I remember um, when we when we when we went to the clinic and um, everything was kind of normal. and You're still sort of thinking, no. I mean, you're thinking about the positives. You're thinking about like you know it, it it's you, you, there's not this element of acceptance that this could be a possibility. And um, and so. We had the meeting, and right at the end, you know, they sort of delivered the diagnosis. And I remember, uh, you know, just being quite, quite numb uh, about the whole thing. And and I probably did the worst thing that you could do in that situation, um, which was uh, go back to work immediately after the meeting. And so I was sitting at, you know, in the in the client's. Um, uh, in the client's uh, office and, you know, in front of my computer and I i think it was the first time ever that I had been just, you know, just completely numb. Like I, I sat there, I stared at the screen and I go and I said, I looked to God and I said, I said, um, what's this road that you have for me, for us? Because I think there are moments in life where And look, hopefully this never happens to you, but it happens. There are moments in your life where your world could come crashing down when you know you you think that everything is unlimited, and all of a sudden limitations get put onto your life. But as we've heard today, you know, the Lord is here, He's living, He is working. And so when people ask me... um You know, how do you know God is real? One of the ways is that over the last 16 years that I have seen the Lord show up every day. I've lost count. I've lost count to see how many times the Lord has shown up for us. And so I'm here to tell you that what we've told what we've you know what we have spoken about today what we've discussed when you are in that deepest deepest hole you just have to turn your eyes to jesus And the Lord has done so much for us. You know, when when I look back now, you know, the Lord has blessed us. The Lord has brought comfort, has brought help, and has really enabled us, you know, to be to be a blessing to others, you know, through this whole experience. And he continues to do that. And so we are a living testament and glory to God. For everything that he's done when you go through that jungle, and so I just want to I want to close this service by um, opening up the altar today because I know that we're not the only ones we're not the only people that you know experience you know what we might deem sort of catastrophic events or you know, to take big hits. So I know that there's a lot of people here that are going through the same or are going, you know, going through the same right now or they can see it coming. And And, you know, the Holy Spirit is here and we serve and we worship a living God. And so I just want to invite you to stand right now And if that's you today, if you if you need a breakthrough in your life, if you need um, you need to see the Lord work in your life. I want to invite you to come up and put that before before the Lord. Um, You know, as we just sing, as we sing one more song. I just want to invite you to come up and really lay your burden down at his feet.